and conviction. Lord, all that we do, Lord, might you get glorified out of it. Once again, I ask prayers over the McNeil family. Lord, let us not bereave doubly. Let us not continue in discord. Lord, let you take control. Thank you, God, for a mother that loved us. Now, Lord, we also thank you that she's finally at home. Bless, Lord, and we will be blessed. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. So I want to read, I'm going to try to do something today that uh, last week was, was a necessary moment uh, for many folk, including myself, uh, with the preached word. Uh, I'm going to try to um, use that also uh, for today to deal with some things that, that um, too often has been not spoken of in church, um, but it's there. Um, so I want to use Elijah as the, as the model for what we're going to speak about today. Um, 1 Kings 19, read this out the new King James Version specifically because there's something I want to touch on. And Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done, also how he had executed all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah saying, so let the gods do to me and more also if I do not make your life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. And when he saw that, he arose and ran for his life and went to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah, and left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a broom tree. And he prayed that he might die and said, it is enough. Now, Lord, take my life. For I am no better than my father's. Then as he lay and slept under a broom tree, suddenly an angel touched him and said to him, Arise and eat. Then he looked, and there by his head was a cake baked on coals and a jar of water. So he ate and drank and lay down again. And the angel of the Lord came back again and a second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat, because the journey is too great for you. So he arose and ate and drank, and he went in the strength of that food 40 days and 40 nights, as far as Harup, the mountain of God. Amen. So every now and then I, I, I try to um, not just preach a sermon that sounds good, but a sermon that does some good. I want to... I want to talk today about um, depression. Depression. Depression affects over 15 million adults nationally and over 300 million worldwide. It's a mental illness and a mood disorder that results in sadness, anxiousness, hopelessness, irritability, and feelings of worthlessness. The problem is not just feeling down, because all of us at some moments in time will feel down. 
But the real problem is when that downness doesn't go away on its own. That's when it needs to be seen as a medical condition. I want to show you some stats. Uh, Malika, um, go to that first slide. Six. 0.7% of U.S. adults, 16 million folk, have experienced a major depressive episode in the past year. It's based on the latest we have in 2018. 8.5% of women experience depression compared to 4.8% of men. Uh, go to the next slide, Malika. 3.1 million young people in this country between the ages of 12 and 17 has experienced a depressive episode and that is increasing every year. 23% of children ages 6 to 12 may have serious depression. 19.4% compared to uh, of girls 19.4% uh, compared to um, boys of 6.4%. Um, go to the next one, Malika. And of course, like anything, depression is higher among minorities, African American, Hispanics, than white folk. So, whether we like it or not, depression affects us. We can't just sit in this church or any other church and say, um, that all these numbers are folk who ain't saved. Some people right here, right now, in this church have been struggling with or has struggled with depression. The unfortunate truth is that the church has become a happy place for sad people. The one place you're supposed to come and get some joy, the one place you're supposed to experience the power of God and the joy of the Lord is in the house of the Lord. Elijah, who is arguably the, the most prolific prophet of the Old Testament, whose name means God is Jehovah, pops on the pages of human history in 1 Kings 17. He arrives out of nowhere. He is one of two people who never die. He is, as many would say, the Old Testament manifestation of God in that he comes onto the pages with no birth and he leaves with no death. He shows up at a time when Israel is, is guilty of apostasy. They have defected from him and, and they have started worshiping idol gods. And Elijah comes on as a prophetic reformer who has no manners. He is rude. He is inconsiderate. He only cares about what God says. He does not care about how people respond. He steps into the king's court of Ahab and Jezebel, who are in authority at that time. They are wicked kings and queens. And a prophet comes and tells them it's not going to rain, and he walks out. And it doesn't rain. And for two chapters, he walks in extraordinary power. And then when, 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 he, when they find him in 1 Kings chapter 19, by the time we get there, he has, he has returned Israel to a sense of conviction concerning God. He has stopped rain and, 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 and started. He, rain comes down and, and, and for 42 months, there's a drought. 
which signals that prosperity is coming back to the land. We now enter the story with this prolific prophet, and, and he's suffering himself from depression. He goes from being so great and so high and so powerful to being so low. One of the beauties of the Bible is that the Bible shares with us the imperfections of people God used. It shows that God uses the extraordinary, the ordinary to do extraordinary. He, he uses folk who are just like you and me. Normal humans, uh, like, just like you and me. He, 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 use, he uses us to show uh, 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 that God can do anything but fail. He ain't showing no favors. All of us have to be used by God. Elijah is a normal person, but he has an extraordinary assignment. He's in a low place, y'all. And he's struggling with all the contemporary symptoms of depression. Verse 3 and 4, he's scared, running for his life. Not only is he suffering from fear, he has a death wish. He's, 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 he's under a broom tree, he's under a juniper tree, and he asked God to, make, to, 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 to take his life. That's not suicide, y'all, that's euthanasia. He didn't, kill, he, he didn't kill himself, he wants somebody else to do it for him. He's not only struggling with fear, he, he's, he, he, he's, not, he's not just struggling with death. But also, he separates himself from the folk who love him. And the text says that he gets to Beersheba, Judah, and leaves his servant there and walks off into a wilderness all by himself. Because he wants to be by himself and don't want to be around people, he's struggling first with isolation. He also has a loss of appetite because the angel has... Has, has got to come twice to force him to eat. Y'all got to see this like I see this. Trying to help you understand that the Bible is not an antique with actors who ain't real. The people in the Bible are struggling with the exact same thing that you and I struggle with. Elijah's got all the symptoms and the signs of depression. He's manic. He's, he's anxiety-ridden. He's fearful, and he has suicidal thoughts. And at some point, y'all, all of us have some version of these conditions. All of us at some point, all of us have sad times. All of us have those days when we, real, when we feel real low. We, we have those days when we don't feel like getting out the bed, when, when we don't feel like cleaning ourselves, combing our hair, or facing the world. All of us have those days. That's not the problem here because all of us have those days. The problem is your ability to come out of it. The problem is your ability to overcome it. So what then is this text teaching us? Um, let me see. I'm, I, I know that some of you already tuned me out. And that's already the problem. Because we have to face the realities of our moments. At some point, you, you ought to get tired of coming up in here faking it. 
putting a smile on your face, when your mood is, as the Bible defines it, when your mood is downcast. Sometimes you ought to get tired of dressing up misery. Tired of putting on a mask to impress folk that, that, that are looking at you that don't really even like you. Sometimes you have to say, I ain't coming up into that church trying to impress no church folk. I'm done with that. I ain't trying to impress folk on my job. They, they don't like me no way. I, I'm done with that. I want to be in a place where I'm real with who I am. Where I'm satisfied and happy just being me. I'm, I'm trying to get to the point where, where I can look in the mirror and I can tell myself I like me. Sometimes you got to get to the point where you, can, where you can take yourself out on a date. Where you can treat yourself out to dinner. Where, where you can take yourself out. Where, where you can tell yourself I love you. I, I'm going I'm, to I'm, I'm treat myself right. Because when I treat myself right, I can treat everybody else right. Sometimes you got to tell yourself, I'm here in this life and I want to be here. I'm happy and I'm joyous, not because it's dependent on somebody else to make me feel good, but because I love me myself. Elijah seems to be struggling with the same feelings some of us struggle with. And the first thing we see him struggling with, check this out, y'all, is his thoughts. Verse 1. The text says that when he got back from the Mount of Carmel, King Ahab goes and tells his wife that, that what Elijah has done. And in telling all that Elijah had done, he specifies that he killed all the prophets. So we go from the plural to the singular. We go from all that he has done to one thing he has done. And the king specified that, that one thing because, because he killed all the prophets indicating the beginning of the end for the influence of Ahab and Jezebel. When those prophets died, y'all, their wicked influence was beginning to die. And so he specifies that Queen Jezebel gets all mad and she sends a message to where Elijah is and says, in 24 hours, you're, you're going to be dead. Like the prophets you killed. Y'all got to catch this. He, say, he says in 24 hours, you're going to be dead. Just like the prophets you killed. About this time tomorrow, you're going to be dead. We got to stop right there. She sends a messenger to go tell Elijah that by this time tomorrow, you're going to be dead. First of all, y'all, if, if she sent a messenger to tell Elijah anything, she already knows where he at. And if you really want to kill me, don't come and, and send somebody. Why don't you come yourself? If, if you really want to be all that big and bad, don't come send no messenger. If you mean and you say you mean, bring your scared tail yourself to me. Get your coward tail off of Facebook, off of Twitter. Stop hiding behind your computer and bring yourself. We got all these Facebook bullies and these internet bullies who talk a whole bunch of stuff on the internet behind their computer, but when you see them, they ain't got nothing to say. 
And what I found out about this text is people threaten you because really they threatened by you. And, and, and the reason, the only reason why somebody will threaten you is because they are threatened by you. Jezebel sends a messenger. Which on the surface seems like Elijah is scared of her. But truth of the matter is, she's scared of him. Elijah brings about a drought. He, he, he's fed by ravens. He, he, he made a little bit of flour and, 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 and uh, dough last longer than it should have lasted. Uh, he raised a boy from death. He, he, he rained down fire onto the earth, killed 850 prophets, and now Jezebel sends a threat. But she don't come herself. What it looks like to me she more scared of him than he is of her. She sends a messenger and the messenger says, by this time tomorrow, you're dead. And the very next verse, y'all, check this, this is the thoughts. The very next verse says, and when he saw that, message says, are you dead? The very next verse says that, and when he saw that, you're dead tomorrow. When he saw that, Elijah is running because he saw himself dead. First problem you struggle with, with depression, is your thoughts. Because you start to internalize the threat. You start to internalize and, and, and create everything that comes into your head and every message that somebody tells you and, you and you go out and you start thinking about them more you ought to be thinking about yourself. Got to learn how to put some blockers on. Try to, try to not be distracted. Focus. You can't be entertaining everything that somebody say to you. You can't have those thoughts in your mind. Because every thought that comes in your mind don't, don't mean you got to internalize it. Everything somebody say don't mean you got to internalize it. Because they only try to scare you anyway. But when your thoughts start to create what you shouldn't think, now you become your own enemy. You have created in your own mind something that you should have never let live. You cannot control what comes into your mind, but you can control how you process it and how you think about it. Elijah is running, not because of the threat, but because what he saw in his mind. First problem is your thoughts, your thinking. Second problem is this, y'all. He was irrational. Because when you can't control your thoughts, you start doing things that seem strange. Text says he's running from Jezebel. Goes under a juniper tree and asks the Lord to take his life. I want to suggest to you that that's irrational. Because if you really want to die, check this out, y'all. If you really want to die, 
Why don't you just stay yourself over there where Jezebel is? She's going to kill you anyway. So why don't you just stay where she is and, 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 and let her do what you're trying to get God to do for you? He goes up on the juniper tree, uh, which is a Spanish broom tree that, that is made just like an upside down broom. It has only shade for one person. And he prays to God to take his life. And God says, you got another journey on the other side. Let me help you this morning. I know we come all up here in this church and talk all this kind of church lingo. But sometimes, sometimes the best thing God ever did for you was to tell you in your prayer, no. Because you asking for something crazy that, that wasn't in God's will in the first place. And God said, they, they acting like a fool. I'm, I'm going to act like I don't even hear them when they ask me for it. I'm going to do something better, God says. I'm, I'm not even going to answer their prayer. Anybody here glad that God didn't answer some of your prayers? You... you you, 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 you glad God didn't answer that prayer. You want that girl or you want that boy. You want to thank God that, you didn't, that God didn't answer that prayer for you. That man you asked for, you better thank God you didn't get him. God then kept you from a Jezebel, brother. You better thank God he kept you from a Jezebel. He kept you from somebody crazy. He, he didn't give you the job that you asked for. Because if he gave you the job that you asked for, you'd be all stressed out. Can't come to church no more. Yo. Somebody ought to thank God that he knows you better than you know yourself. Got to thank God that he knows when to deny you and not give you everything you ask for. Text means here, man. God kept him alive by not answering his prayer. Elijah asked for death, and God said no. He said, you don't control life and death. He said, I control life and death. I, I know what's best for you, even when you don't know what's best for yourself. It means that God's calculation for, is, for us is keeping us alive. It requires approval and denial. See, God, God, God um, is just keeping us alive by not just what he says yes to, but what he says no to. He's, he keeps us alive by denying us. So y'all walking around here mad at God because he didn't do what you asked him to do for you. You, you got to be a horrible parent to give your children everything they ask for. The key to keeping them alive is a combination of approval and denial. Elijah is irrational. 
And the whole text turns right here. It says, and the angel of the Lord touched him and said, arise and eat. Elijah assumes that if, he, if, if I go to sleep, I just won't wake up. He wants God to take him in his sleep. And unfortunately, but fortunately, God says, not today. Because what you don't know is um, you want death, Elijah. And I ain't never going to give it to you. Uh, matter of fact, I'm going to come down on the chariot, pick you up. So the one thing you asking for, you ain't never going to get. Can I testify to somebody today that when God, when God got you in his will, ain't nothing you can do to take yourself out of it. God says, Elijah, I love you enough that I ain't going to, I'm, I'm, I'm going to step into your low moment. I'm going to step into your misery. And when I step into your misery, I got some food for you. Check this. Y'all ain't catching this. I'm going to step in your low moment. And when I step into it, I got some food for you. Let's rewind and come back forward. They just coming off of a famine. It's been a drought. Ain't no food to eat. So where is food coming from? God makes a way out of no way. In chapter 17, God fed him with ravens. And, and, and then he, he goes to a widow woman and she bakes him a cake. And, 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 and miraculously, her oil and her food keeps coming. Catch this, sometimes because you've been a miracle to somebody else, God will wait until you really get down on yourself. And he will bless you in a time when you need a blessing. And the worst time of your life is, is the time when your blessing is on the way because you sold to somebody else. God will sow back to you. God says that when your worst time comes, I'm going to provide for you just like you provided for somebody else. And I will have to admit this morning, y'all, that right now I'm going through the worst time in my life mama is gone family in total disarray and I'm trying to hold it all up name being, being, being uh, um, bad mouthed all over the place for trying to do right stuff but even now this text encourages me because when Satan don't want you to live God won't let you die Because God will keep you alive and God will stay with you and he will feed you and, and take care of you even in your worst times. Yeah. I rebuke every spirit of depression up in this place. You go back to the pit of hell from where you come from. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Holy Spirit, saturate this place. Take over this house right now in the name of Jesus. 
Holy Spirit, drop joy right down in this house. Drop joy. Drop, drop down your joy to these people. I rebuke every depression. I rebuke spirit of sadness. I rebuke hopelessness. I rebuke the thoughts of suicide. I rebuke spirit of despair. I rebuke self-hatred. Holy Spirit, come down. I rebuke the spirit of self-esteem. I rebuke it in the name of Jesus. Let your spirit come and rain down on us. Now, now. I ain't done, y'all. How did Elijah get over it? God said, Elijah, you got to move from that tree. You got to move from that tree to the mountain. That's what your Bible said. You, you got to move from that tree to the mountain, which means you, you got to move from a low place to a high place. And, 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 and it happens to be the mount of God. And it's the same mountain that Moses went up and got the law of God. It's the same mountain where the glory of the Lord was all around the mountain. He says you got to move from the low place. got to move from being distant from us to, to from me to get back into my presence get back into my glory because when I elevate you I'm going to elevate you in the presence of your enemies when I elevate you your joy going to come back to you he's saying you got to move from this low place Because in his presence is the fullness of joy if you got joy in his presence that's where you need to be y'all And I stand here this morning in pain myself. I ain't suicidal, y'all. I know from which my health comes from. I might be sad and angry at the same time. But I stand here in the authority and in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. That same power that, that got up and got, got him up from the grave is the same power that breaks the spirit of depression off you. That same power that when he got up from the grave is the same power that will keep you living when you want to die. That same power will keep you up and not down. That same power will keep you dancing when you shouldn't be mourning. That same power will give you joy and victory. Depression ain't got no rule over you. Depression can't control you. Depression will not dominate you. You the head, y'all, not the tail. I'm the victor, not the victim. Troubled on every side, but I ain't defeated, y'all. Peace shall overtake you. You're more than a conqueror. The Lord be with you. Always. He will take care of you. Even in your moments of lowness. He'll take you up into the mountain. So that your presence is closer to him. And he can feed you. I'm done, y'all.
while y'all all standing, won't you stand on your feet?